Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday. It's 101. And this is Chat with Chap, and I'm Ginger Wade, your host. So today I made sure to stay in my house to make sure that we had a good internet connection. Um, last week I was in my my hiding place shed, and it's a little far away from my Wi-Fi. So anyway, I decided to stay in my house this time. So hopefully we will not have connectivity issues. Yay! So before I get into our topic of drift-proof your marriage, I want to have a few reminders here. So it's June 9th. So you have to excuse me. I was eating a little bit of lunch. Um, it's June 9th, and that means evaluations are due in just a few days. So if you haven't gotten them in yet, you really got to get your eval done. I suggest getting your affidavit and all that stuff ready and handing your evaluation form and your affidavit all in together. Don't forget to make copies. Make sure you have copies at home for yourself. If you need more information, go to homeschoolpennsylvania.org. There's lots of videos and helpful information there. And I, I've been speaking with a lot of people about evaluators and what evaluators do and stuff. And I just want to remind you guys that your evaluator can't tell you how to do your homeschool. The evaluator's purpose is to make sure you are complying to the law. The law says a log. So you, you note your days and you give a list of the texts that you use, the books that you use. Make sure you get your testing done. And show samples of your work. Okay, those three things. Samples of your work. Now that doesn't mean that the evaluator checks to see that it's grade level or that it's enough or that it's good enough. Okay, that is not their job. They are checking to see if your child progressed from the fall to the spring. That is it. So if your child was writing poorly and writes a little bit better now, guess what? They progressed. And that's what the sample shows. That is all the evaluator is to do. If your evaluator is telling you that since your child is going to be in high school next year, you can no longer count days. You have to count hours. Uh, that's not true. If your evaluator is telling you that you didn't do enough work this year and it's not good enough, well, that's not their job. So just be very careful of what your evaluator is telling you. I think there's a lot of evaluators out there who aren't sure what their real job is and they're overstepping their role in the law. So find an evaluator who knows the law and is doing the evaluator job the way they should. And if you have a question about it, check out the Chat with Chap videos that we did I think it was 117, 118. There were a bunch of evaluator ladies on there with me, and you can hear all about it there. So, just encouragement there. Get your paperwork in. Get it all together. Get ready. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to email us here. Use the contact form on chaponline.com um, or message us right here. Comment on this video or send us a message through Facebook. Okay, so drift-proof your marriage. What what do you think of the word drift? The word drift isn't a fast-happening thing, is it? When you're hanging out on your inner tube in the lake and you're drifting or your boat is drifting, it's a slow thing. It doesn't happen really fast. Um, and if you're not paying attention, all of a sudden you're like, wait, 
how did I get over here when I was over there? So we're, we're keeping thoughts about our marriages, making sure we're not drifting. And I get these thoughts from the book Refined, uh, A Homeschool Mom's Call to Trust. Now, Refined is a book on burnout, but, but this is written by Zan Tyler um, from the homeschool organization down in South Carolina, Skase. She wrote this, and um, it is a book about burnout, but the last part, the last chapter is about your marriage. So I'm going to talk about some things she, she talks about in that chapter here because it is so important. It is so important. So um, is your marriage a priority? Are you making sure you're spending time with your spouse? How does your marriage make you feel? Think about that. If it's, if it's happy, energized, empowered, that's awesome. If you're feeling sad, disappointed, angry, there's some stuff that needs dealt with, right? So I, I cannot stress the importance of taking time to get away. And I know it's really hard with all your kids. I totally understand it. I know some of you don't have family nearby that will take your kids. Do what you can to find a babysitter. If you can't get away for a weekend... Get away for a few hours. Ask friends. Look for a babysitter. Ask other homeschool families. If they'll just take your kids for a little while. You guys need to connect without disruption. Now, it's important to connect daily. You know, I know Vody Bakum said once, man, you get home that first half hour is for you and your spouse. And you tell your kids, don't mess with us that first half hour because we need this time together. That's really important, too, but it's also important to get that away time with no interruption, okay? Very important. That's the first relationship you need to focus on outside of your relationship with Jesus um, because everything else is built on that, right? Jesus, marriage, kids. Okay, so Elizabeth Elliot, if you're familiar with her, she was the wife of Jim Elliot, uh, missionary to the Aka Indians, she said the strongest marriages are the ones that have a vision and a mission beyond themselves. So where's your vision? Are you focusing on yourself? Are you focusing just right here? Well, if you and your husband have a vision beyond yourself, even if that's, I mean, it's homeschooling, uh, whatever, if there's some other mission work that you do together, if you have something that you're doing together, that is going to build a strong marriage because you're working together on something for, for a purpose, for a mission. So don't forget that parenting is a ministry. Homeschooling is a ministry, right? You're the first minute. I mean, as soon as you become a parent, you are a minister. You're a minister to those children, right? The father's the you know, father's the head of the household. He's heading up the, the priesthood there in your house. And and that's your ministry together. Um, so work together on that. If you perceive your parenting as a ministry, that is going to help build your strong marriage too because that's a vision beyond yourself, right? So that's very um, important. We, I've My husband and I have done a thing called Parenting as a Ministry a long time ago. I'm reading through it again right now and uh, that just explains the whole biblical concept of parenting and and that it, it's your it's your ministry you want to go make disciples make those little disciples right there in your house right and a lot of times that's more people than you'll talk than some folks will evangelize to their whole lives right just the little people that live in your house so Ephesians chapter 5 verse 31 to 33 I'm going to read this 
It says, For this reason, man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So did you notice there's two different commands there? Husbands are commanded to love. Wives are commanded to respect. And God, in all of his wisdom, made sure that we were aware of that. Because men need something different than women do. And he made sure to point it out. So pay attention to that. Ladies, are you respecting your husbands? Husbands, are you loving your wives? Those are very important. And we can't treat our spouse the way we would want to be. Um, like if, you want, if you're a man and you want respect, you, you know, respect, of course, respecting your wife is very important. But she's looking for love. She's looking for your tender care. She's looking for signs of your commitment to her. And women, if you're not respecting your husband, he's going to be like, defeated in what he's doing. It's going to be hard for him to take the biblical role of leadership in your household if you're not respecting him or if you're being snarky at him or if you're saying side comments or your, you know, kids hear you saying, well, your father, blah, blah, blah. You know, that that is not building him up in the position that he's in in your family. So those that particular scripture is very important for us to think about. Don't drift away from that scripture. Keep it in your mind and in your heart. There's that book called Love and Respect. Good read. It's an important read, uh, thing to keep in your mind. So uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse um, 1, says, We must pay careful attention, more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. So what have we heard? Scripture. So I just read Ephesians to you guys. I just read Hebrews. It's a reminder. Hey, don't forget about Ephesians. Don't forget about all this stuff in the Scripture that you've read. It's important to be reminded of what we've heard, of what we've read in Scripture, so that we don't drift away. When we are not in Scripture, what happens to us? We drift, right? We forget. We're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Or you skip one day, skip another day. It's easy to skip if you don't stay in the habit of being in the Word every day. I forget so easily. I mean, there's some Scriptures I've worked on all my life about controlling my temper, about saying edifying words. And if I don't keep reading them, I forget them. It's the way of the human brain, right? We stuff all this information in there and we just forget stuff. So it's easy to drift if you're not being constantly reminded of the truth. So make sure that you're in here, in the Word, um, reading it and studying it. So that mom and dad, you both got to be doing it. Model it for your kids. So in that, in reading the scripture, are you actually seeking God's instruction, but are you yielding to it? Like you could be reading it. Oh, yeah, that's great. Respect my husband. Are you doing it? Oh, yeah, that's great. You know, uh, take care of widows and orphans. Well, are you doing it? So when you're reading scripture, obey it. Don't just read it. So... In doing this, in obeying scripture and reading things, you know, like we read here in Ephesians, if you're doing that, if you're respecting your husband, you're not going to drift from your husband, right? So that is a great way to drift proof your marriage. So remember that your family, like so many of us women think about our family, we think about our kids. And I heard once that, you know, men think first of their wives, but women think first of their kids. So it's our nurturing way, right? They came from us, right? They were. They were part of us for a long time. And and it's just that mama bear thing, right? But remember, 
your your family started the day you got married. That was a two people family right there. Okay? And your children need a solid foundation for them to grow up in and to be solid and to be able to move forward in Christ to do what they've been called to do. Right? So if your foundation on Jesus or with your husband is wobbly, that's going to really affect your kids. So make sure you're taking care of your personal relationship with Jesus and your relationship with your spouse. Uh, I can't stress it more. So, all right, Zan Tyler in this book, Refined, that I mentioned earlier, I'll show it for you who are just popping on now, Refined by Zan Tyler. She suggests six ways to drift-proof your marriage. So one I already mentioned, date your husband regularly. Now, my husband and I are a little sloppy on this right now, but when my children were younger, my youngest is six, okay, and my oldest is 18, so the there, the intensity is a little different. It's still intense parenting them. But when you have little babies, it's like, oh my word, I need a break, right? Sometimes it's just, <laughs> oh. So when my, our children were babies and we needed babysitters, I don't need babysitters anymore because my kids are older. We hired babysitters and we had a every other week schedule. We did not miss. Every other week we were going out. Uh, and a lot of times it was just to the coffee house for a coffee and we played games and we talked and whatever it is that you enjoy. Take a walk, take a bike ride. I don't know if you're somewhere, go parasailing. I don't know where you live. But um, of course, in Pennsylvania, we don't live on the ocean. So that's kind of silly. But if you're on vacation, anyway, date your husband. Okay, make sure you're spending time with him. Uninterrupted, no kid time. Very important. Number two, communicate, communicate, communicate cannot say it enough. I'm very guilty of thinking things in here and getting frustrated, but never speaking things out. You know what? I could really use some help making dinner. Would you help me? And trying not to be snarky or irritated about it. But if you're thinking and you're frustrated in your brain, there's a really good chance that your husband or your kids have no clue what is going on in your brain. Um, most, most, most of the time, I think they would truly have no idea that you're frustrated. And some of my kids have, have gotten pretty good at picking up the vibes, but it's very important to communicate. Communicate with your husband. Make sure he knows what's going on with you and you know what's going on with him and the kids and the, just talk, okay? Communicate it. Three, laugh together. Do you laugh with your spouse? Sometimes it's really hard when you're in the throes of homeschooling and little kids or big kids and big kid issues, big kid issues. I'm sorry, mamas of little kids who don't have big kids yet. The big kid issues are a little more stressful. I'm just saying. <laughs> prepare you. So, but laugh together. Laugh together. Whatever it is. Something that happened to you. Watch Tim Hawkins. I don't know. Just something where you can giggle and enjoy each other. Laughter is medicine. It is medicine. You do it together. It's very powerful. Four. Pray for and with your husband. So if you can pray together. That's wonderful and it's beautiful, but I understand like with shift work or if you're not really together in the same schedule, it might be really hard to find a time to do that. The very least you can do is pray for him. Pray that his relationship with Christ will be what it's supposed to be, right? Pray that, pray that he will be the man that Christ wants him to be. Um, pray that your marriage will be what Christ wants it to be. Pray that your marriage will be a good um, example to your kids and to your church into your neighborhood into the world of Christ in the church or what a good marriage is supposed to look like right ultimately it, it it shows it reflects back to what Christ in the church looks like so pray over that 
pray for your husband, pray for his work, pray for his ministry, pray for his faith life, his, his faith life, his faith walk, pray for his relationship with his kids, uh, pray for his health. I mean, anything, everything. I mean, we're thinking Stormy or Martian here. She prayed over every tiny little thing. Pray for your husband. Number five, give your husband a framed photo of you and the kids to put in the office. This is really good for a number of reasons. Number one, he sees you guys throughout the day and thinks about you. Okay, and that's a connection. Okay, it's it kind of keeps you guys pulled into his work in a loving way. Okay, but it also says to the people in his office that you are important to him. Okay, it's it, oh he's a he's committed to his family. He's a family man. He's got a wife. He's got children. He thinks about them. This is important mentally. It might not be a cognizant upfront thing, but what he's going to show others around him is that his connection to his family is important to him. And that's really good. And number six, support each other in your work. So support him in what he's doing. Sometimes our husbands go through really hard things at work and we have no clue. And vice versa, moms, if you're out there working, sometimes your husbands have no clue that you're going through really hard stuff at work. Again, this goes back to number two, communicate, communicate that, but support them in what they're doing. You know, if God's placed you where you're supposed to be, support them in where they're at and help them to work through the issues. We're dealing with some stuff right now and we're just praying over it constantly and waiting for God to provide the answers. And I pray over his mental well-being, his emotional well-being and dealing with what's going on there because sometimes it's really hard. You know, and I know we want uh, support in what's going on with us and the kids and homeschooling, but he needs support too. He needs support too because, you know, dealing with the workplace sometimes is really challenging. Okay. So, um, and it would be really great for husbands listening out there for you to remember that you're, you're whoever's homeschooling, that's a job. How about it? You, you guys out there homeschooling, it's a job. And it's hard. So remember that. Remember the hard work that the homeschooling portion of your 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 um, marriage is doing, right? Whoever's doing the homeschooling. I can't say moms. It's not always moms. But you know what I'm saying. It's a hard job. So support each other in your work, which goes back to the Elizabeth Elliott thing. Supporting each other, having a ministry together, a vision beyond yourself is really, really important. So I want to take you to Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 which is something Zan had mentioned in her book, Refined. She said, read um, Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, thinking about your marriage and about your husband. So it says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Do good to your husband. Do good to your wife. Do not become weary in doing good with them. Sometimes you go through a really bumpy, frustrating season, okay, in your marriage. But don't be weary in doing good. And maybe sometimes that good is just to pray because everything else is is hard. But do not give up because you will reap a harvest, okay? Do not give up. Work hard to drift proof your marriage. Um, obviously, reading through 1 Corinthians 13, excellent. I just read through 
through it in Parenting is a Ministry Manual that I've been reading, and it just broke down all the bits and what does envy mean? What does rudeness mean? What does jealousy mean? What does boasting mean? And wow, I was like, oh, like I, you forget about what some of those definitions are and what it looks like. So it's important to understand uh, what to be and what not to be uh, when you're thinking about loving others, uh, when you're thinking about serving others. So again, I encourage you, I cannot stress it enough, remember that your marriage is the foundation of your family. Okay, it needs to be strong in order to support your children, the homeschooling of your children, the training your children in knowing Jesus and everything else. So I encourage you, um, find some fun way. I mean, even if it's just going to the store because that's really the only time you can afford, well then, you know, do it. Do it and, and have a conversation. Do something together, okay? So I hope this was encouraging to you. Again, at the beginning of the video, I reminded you to get your evaluations, your affidavit and objectives ready. Just some reminders of what the real job of evaluators is. Go watch videos, one I think it's 117 and 118. If you didn't hear my interview with evaluators earlier, you really gotta check that out. Tomorrow, I can't forget this, it's on my calendar. I, Corinne was watching. I won't forget Corinne, I promise. We are going to be on tomorrow again at 1 because we are going to share with you the, the Lee Genesevich Scholarship winners. We normally do this during convention, but this year the, win, the winners were awarded after our conferences. So we're going to do it live tomorrow right here on Facebook. You get to meet our winners and learn about the scholarship. So I encourage you all to tune in. And uh, thank you for being with me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week on Chat with Chat. All right. Have a great day. Bye.